OMT podcast fans. Hey, it's Danny here. You guys, I'm really excited. We have another worldwide dream builder story for you guys. Another experience of how Amway and their lines of affiliation are fucking toxic. So I'm just going to give you guys a quick disclaimer here. Um, cause I'm not trying to get sued. Um, Every name has been changed as far as the upline goes, crossline. Anybody that we're going to be talking about, their names have been changed. And this is purely based on personal opinions and personal experiences. I'm not here to defame anybody. My guest isn't here to defame anybody. We are here to share a story. So that being said, if you want to join these organizations, like, hey, you go for it. You're a grown adult. I would definitely recommend listening to these stories. So maybe you'll proceed with caution. Um, I hope that you'll get a whole well-rounded view before making that decision. Uh, but you're an adult and you can do that. I also just wanted to thank everybody who, again, has continued to support this podcast for sharing your stories because I, I'm just so excited with how many people have wanted to come on and share and that feel supported and feel safe to share their stories here because I don't know that any of us ever really felt safe in Worldwide to truly share our authentic selves. So if that's you, you're safe here. So with that being said, you guys, I'm really excited. We have another guest with us who was down line of the guy who talks really fast, which this organization has come to us a lot lately. And I'm really excited. I'm living for it. So I'd really like to introduce Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Danny. It is such an honor. Thank you for having me. Of course. I really appreciate so, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you for wanting to come on and share with us your story and also for being you. We've had many conversations before this, so <laughs> I'm really excited to have just gotten to know you and continue to getting to know you as a person. And I'm curious, how did you find me? Oh my goodness. Again, thank you for having me here. I I found you through Zay and Melody, or is it Melody? No, it's Melody, Zay7 and Melody. And I remember it was like back in 2019, it was all before COVID a long time ago. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it was back in 2019. I was looking through YouTube to find someone who identified, who I identified with, and I couldn't find too many stories or too many reviews or anything on Worldwide Dream Builders or Amway. I only saw like maybe one or two videos of people's experiences. And I was only looking because I had felt, I don't know, I guess like scarred by my experience, so to speak. <laughs> so I was yeah. looking for additional support because I felt isolated and I felt like triggered all the time. I would hear random things and I would feel triggered. So I'll hear somebody say fire it up and then I'll feel like triggered. I'm like, I'll just turn the TV off or just stop having this conversation because I would hear something that triggered me that brought me back to my time when I was in Worldwide Dream Builders. So I started looking for support pretty much. And I came across Zay and Melody. They ended up making all these videos and then they made a, a Facebook group. And I became a part of the Facebook group. They even had like certain, I don't want to say challenges or whatever, but I think one time they had like, a, what do you call it? Like they say, if you go on all the social media platforms, so if you go and you become a friend on, on not friend, but follow on uh, Facebook, um, if you go on Instagram, and then I don't even think TikTok was like really a thing at the time. I mean, I think it was, but it wasn't like big. It was like one of the other social media platforms. And if you went on all those, you follow, like, subscribe or whatever, and you sent it to them, then you could be in a running to get like a, a gift card. 
and I won and I got that gift card and I took a picture of it and I sent it to Melody and I was like I'm so excited I feel like I'm a part of something and so from there I got into the Facebook group and I actually I stopped posting and I felt like recently I don't know if it was triggers coming back or maybe I was just looking for additional support um, but also I was listening to Roberta Blevins, her um, anti-MLM podcast, and there's not a whole lot of Amway stories on there. So I was looking for support again because May, uh, not May, but Zay and Melody um, stopped doing videos and I can't find too much Amway or Worldwide Dream Builders type stuff out there. So I started posting to the group again. And then I think it was something that I posted, or I think I actually ended up posting an episode of Roberta Bliven's Anti-MLM. And then I think you commented on one of the posts that I made, because I think it was one day I made like five posts. And you commented on one of the posts and you put in a podcast. I listened to the podcast. I loved it. You know, I listened to three podcasts before I realized it was you. Really? I didn't even know. I was like, who is this person? And you would say, this is this is uh, Danny. And I think Corey was on there too. And then like, I heard the intro and I'm like, Danny, I originally thought that you were Melody <laughs> because I just, I thought you were Melody, but maybe Melody had like, maybe her middle name was Danielle or Danny or Daniela or something. And yeah. I was like, okay, I guess Melody branched off and created like her own like like she became an admin or something like that so I didn't know what was what but it took me three episodes before I realized oh shoot this is you you posted this under the comment but you are in control of this podcast and I was just like floored and I was like this is amazing I love this so I think this is to answer your question this is how we met very long-winded but (laughs) No. Hey, that's context. I love that you won this uh, gift card from them as well. I know that their their activity was so fun. They made everything really engaging. They they really listened to people. And I really hope Zay and Melody, if you guys are listening, which I really, really hope you are a big fan, um, please come back eventually. Like, I don't know why you guys Please, you, guys please. you guys shouldn't have left us like that like you've left cliffhangers for us I need so much more material from you guys I miss you I am wanting to see like where seven is and his beautiful curly hair oh my goodness he was so adorable and so cute I know the last time I think we left off I think um I think Melody was pregnant. I don't know what happened after that, but I hope that they are doing so good right now because they have helped so many people. Like when I tell you they've helped me, like listening to those videos, listening to their stories has been so therapeutic because I can identify with it so much. Oh my gosh, it really helped me. I watched those videos and I literally deconstructed every point of my journey with Amway. I sat with my boyfriend. My boyfriend and I sat side by side on the couch. We would pause it every other minute because I identified with something and I had to explain it to him, like what this meant 
and how it affected me. So listening to these videos were very like pivotal for me. So I appreciate it. If you're listening out there, Zaya Melody, just know you have really helped some people out there. You did your mission. Like you've done it. You have so much more, so so much more to do because there's so many more people out here who still want you out here. But like, just know that we miss you and that we love you and we appreciate you. Yes, absolutely. And I, I really think that you said it best, but I, I always try my best to give them as much credit as possible because this podcast would not be possible if they didn't start what they were doing. Like mm-hmm. they really just set the tone for it's okay to talk about this because you're right there aren't very many people who are talking about amway worldwide dream builders but worldwide like it's like i don't i don't know why i wonder if it's because maybe in the past they've been litigious maybe it's a fear of of many different things because worldwide and all these different lines of affiliation amway it's just a whole different beast than maybe something like it works or arbon or mary Kay. Like this one's just different. And for Zay and Melody Mm -hmm. to have their, they did not change names y'all. Like I'm, I'm, Mm -mm. I'm maybe I'm a little more scared than them. So I apologize. (laughs) But they seriously, you guys, if you have not checked out Zay, Melody and seven, please do. I try to periodically post videos that in my stories. Um, So if you ever see it, check it out, but look them up. Zay, Melody and seven, their videos will never not be relevant. They will always 100% of the time be relevant. Yeah, it is. So. And and I appreciate them so much. And I think like if I were them, I would have had so much fear because they drive into you. Like when you're actually in worldwide, they drive into you to not go on social media and to not do certain things. And I even heard something one time from somebody can't even remember who it was, but like pretty much saying like legal action can be bought against you if you mention certain things. But for them to do that, they were so brave. But I know someone outside of worldwide, and I don't know if I'm able to like do like a little plug or stitch. I don't even know what people call it these days, but, but (laughs) I listened to, um, well, it's not a podcast. He has a YouTube channel. His name is always Marco. Yes. Or something like, oh, oh my God, him. he is hella funny. He is so funny. He like, he will go in, record stuff. Like he actually interviews people who are like at the top of the MLM or whatever. Like he will confront people. I love it. He is so real. And he has like facts, like he has cold, hard facts in like firsthand experience and he will record like do a video recording and like a a audio recording of stuff so he will infiltrate anything (laughs) like he has no chill whatsoever so always Marco like he's another good person to go to he's not Amway or Worldwide Dream Builder specific but he definitely um he covers a lot of it so always Marco, Zay Melody is seven, and this podcast, X's and T, if you haven't heard it anywhere else, you heard it here, go check it out. <laughs> Thank you so much. I also have to add, um, if y'all are on TikTok, and if you're not, please just take a moment to go check it out on TikTok. I'm sorry if you're not on TikTok. 
So I'm not she's on only TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> okay. Uh, but maybe I'll try to send, I'll try to see like how I can get these videos to anybody who wants them. Um, who's not on TikTok, but her name is the anti MLM kid. She was raised in Amway. Her parents wore diamonds in Amway. So she always heavily talks about Amway and the lines of affiliation. She never mentions her, her name, her parents' names or what line of affiliation with, that they were in, which I have so much respect for, but she has like so much insight that I, I love her content. So if you guys haven't already check out the anti MLM kid, oh, and the anti MLM lemon. Oh my God. Her content is really funny. It's LTD Amway specific. Um, but it's funny cause she's like the little, like uh, lemon filter and like the voice filter. So her content's just fun to watch, but it's also very relevant. So, um, yeah, no, we love to make sure that everybody has a really good base of where they can get information because I don't have all the answers and people like Roberta Blevins who have a larger platform definitely have people who come on. They had, if you guys haven't heard it yet, she has an episode with a guy, I think they call him Steven. He was like an emerald in one of the lines of affiliation and talks about like when he found out he was getting paid from that line of affiliation, that he was getting paid from the apps as, and as a speaker and right. how the, the inflating of the book prices, like it's intense. So if you have not heard that one, definitely at the very listen. Least, Yes, it's it's so good. But yeah, I, if you guys also know other creators who are talking about this, please, please let us know because I want everybody to know. And if you're a creator who's doing this, let me know because I think it's there's never too many. There's never too many podcasts. There's never too many times to share your story. Like we don't gatekeep here. We want you to have this information. So excited thank you so much Rebecca you're so sweet I'm really excited like I said to have this opportunity to get to share your story because you do you have a unique perspective and because the way you found out about about Amway and worldwide so how did you find out because that was a really interesting to hear oh my goodness okay so I was introduced to the opportunity <laughs> I was, yes boom boom trigger trigger so just so you know I, like I'm gonna be like everyone else at the beginning of the podcast um there's some trigger warnings in this podcast exactly exactly so these are the trigger warnings you're gonna hear some triggering words if you were in worldwide dream builders or some type of line of affiliation so there you go. There goes your trigger warning for me. Uh, so like if you hear the word fired up, I'm sorry. If you hear the word freedom, I'm sorry. <laughs> so if you're fired up, we're sorry. Oh, uh, sorry. Boom, boom. Trigger, trigger. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I was introduced to Worldwide Dream Builders in 2015. And just so you know, 2015 was like a really weird year for me because I had just graduated from college in 2014. Anybody who just graduated from college or who is a 22, 23-year-old, that is a very weird time in your life. So your brain is starting to solidify a little bit. It still has some development that it's going through, but it's like a really weird time because if you're just graduating from college, you're trying to look for a job. You're trying to just find your footing somewhere. You don't know really where you belong. At least I didn't know. So in 2015, um, that summer, I had just lost my grandma 
So my mom's mom um, passed away. And um, I was also, I I was also getting over a breakup, which was like weird because I should have gotten over that breakup a long time ago because we actually broke up in 2015, 20, 2012. And it was 2015 at this point. So I still loved him so much. And I, it sounds kind of weird. It sounds kind of creepy, but maybe we were meant to be together because we're together now. I got them back. <laughs> hey, we love, I love that level of like, that's a wholesome portion of the story that I hope everybody hangs on to because it is possible. Like I, that makes me so happy. Like your guys' story is, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's a lot of different moving parts, but the fact that you guys are together and happy, especially after you having gone through this really traumatic experience, that's not just having your family members pass, which I'm so sorry to hear that, but also like Amway as a whole and worldwide and how your yeah. offline treated you. And right. now that you have this almost like happy ending like you deserve it and I'm so happy for you guys thank you so much and I and I am so glad that we were not together during this entire experience because if we were I don't think we would be together now so like in the summer of 2015 I was still going through that it was a weird period in my life Um, I ended up coming across some childhood friends and when I say childhood friends, like we knew each other from like, from high school and everything. And we started, uh, well, my high school friends, their mother started a youth group out of her house. So it was a very Christian based youth group. Um, we would go there, like, I don't know how many nights throughout the week, it was supposed to be something good and wholesome for the kids in the community who really wanted some guidance. So we love the fact that she opened up her house to us. She would cook for us. We would talk about the Bible. It was like a Bible study group. But as time went on, it became a little bit more rigid. The teachings became a little bit more, I don't want to say culty, but that's kind of what it felt like. So I didn't, I just kind of backed away from it at some point. And so the person who was leading the cult, I will say her name was Miss Mary. Um, So we loved her so much. She was really nice, um, but her teachings just became too much for us. But um, her son and daughter were actually my upline. So I guess that's a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, I was a part of this youth group back when I was in high school. So from like 2008 to maybe 2010-ish or 2007 to 2010, I was in the youth group and we had a really good time together and everything, but I kind of left around like 2010 when I went off to college. So it wasn't until after college that I started reconnecting with her children. So, um, and one of the children that she had, we'll call him Lewis. So uh, I ended up connecting with Lewis on a relationship level in the summer of 2015. When I reconnected with him, he started talking about how his sister knew this couple that retired at the age of 25, 28, whatever, like late 20s, early 30s and stuff. And at this time, I'm still living in Miami, Florida. They are living in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
So this is a long distance reconnection situationship that we're developing. And so um, he's telling me that his his sister met this couple that had retired early and everything. And it it they got me kind of because like I I I felt like it was a like you had me at hello type moment in regards to like Amway and the business or worldwide dream builders, as far as the opportunity, they had me at hello because like I said, I just graduated from college. I didn't really have my footing anywhere. I didn't know what was what, I didn't know what was up, what was down or anything. So to hear that a couple retired early, I hadn't heard anything like that. And he said the word mentorship. Now, going back to spirituality, my mom, she, she's a very spiritual person. And my mom has always taught me that confirmation comes in threes. So my mom, earlier that summer, she noticed that I was really lost with things. So she was just like, she calls me Rebe. She's like, Rebe, maybe you just need a mentor or somebody to guide you or something like that. Maybe look into getting a mentor. So she had said it. I heard mentorship from Lewis. I had heard mentorship from someone else at the time. And then I had also heard mentorship from his older sister, Natasha. So I'm like, wow, I'm hearing these this mentorship where maybe this is for me. So when they dropped the message or the opportunity, it was like, whoa, mentorship knowing people who have like all this money, they retire young, like I'm trying to find a job. And that's kind of how they really like reeled me in. Uh, I don't know uh, who knows this or who doesn't know this, but if you've ever been approached by someone who is in Worldwide Dream Builders and you're going to college, um, they kind of shit on college. Like they'll say like, oh, you're spending all this money. And I mean, and there's some hint of truth to it and that's how they gaslight you. But um, <laughs> they'll say like, oh, you're going to college, you're spending all this money in the college just to graduate and have a piece of paper with all this debt and stuff. And then you're only gonna make like $12 an hour. Like you're not gonna get any freedom. You're gonna be working forever. And it's like, you're kind of right because that span of a year did feel like forever where I'm like, I, I don't graduate it with a bachelor's degree from a private university, like a, a four-year college with a bachelor's degree in psychology. And I'm working at Home Depot making $12 an hour, if that. Wow. So yeah, yeah I wasn't feeling it and I'm working part-time. So I'm not making no money. And I'm like, where is my life supposed to go from here? And I had trouble with finding positions because I don't know if I have some type of, my mom, she always said I got bored easily. And so like, I don't know if she meant like I had ADD or something like that, but I cannot focus in a nine to five job sitting in front of a computer all day. That just wasn't how I operated. So I did that for like, I had a job at an insurance company for two days and I never went back because I was sitting in front of a computer all day. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I cannot do this. And they were saying things. It's like, they were dropping nuggets. They were dropping bombs to kind of like reel you in that way. Like, 
I don't want to work a nine to five for the rest of my life. I did that for two days and I felt like I was about to lose my mind. And so when they approached me from that perspective, I was like, okay, I'm sold on it. So then they just started like, I don't know. They just started uh, saying these things and it reeled me in. And then I got in contact with his sister, Natasha, and I was kind of skeptical about her anyway, because me and her, we never really had like a super close relationship because she was very sarcastic and the way that she would say things like sarcasm, like there's levels of sarcasm. Hers was a really deep level of sarcasm when she would make like really strong jabs and it kind of like hurt your feelings. And I was just like, uh, I don't really like that. So we weren't really close anyway. So I was kind of skeptical about interacting with her. But it seemed like this opportunity had changed her. So I was even more interested. So I'm like, oh, okay. And they had me read the books, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Business of the 21st Century. And they asked me all these questions about my mindset and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Which was kind of like unrealistic because they asked me to read the book like within a week or less than a week, like a few days. Yeah. And I'm like, I could read wow. fast, but I can't read that damn fast. That's <laughs> like giving you homework. I mean, the way that they, and they do it because, right, they want you to feel like this is a serious opportunity and that only serious people will read this book faster. You'll, yes. you'll make time for it. But I love how you said that they do. They play on those things where it's almost like they somehow, well, they they do. They find your insecurities purely based on communication. It's pretty easy. You know, you talk to somebody and it's not hard for most of us to say, yeah, I don't love my job. Like, oh, how's your day going? Oh, it's kind of a rough day. Is it? Or it's a good day. Yeah. How, how do you like working here? Most people are going to be like, it's all right. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. Especially if maybe mm-hmm. it is Home Depot or maybe something that's not exactly somebody's dream job. And maybe it, it, maybe Home Depot is somebody's dream job. Somebody's like, I want to get into this business. This is the way that I'm going to start doing it. I'm really excited for those people. Um, and with with Amway people, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you go on to, if you went to college and you're working not in your field, they will absolutely like throw that at you. They're like, oh, yeah. what did you go to school for? Oh, why are you working here? Like mm-hmm. it's so passive aggressive and it's insulting. <laughs> but you're so right. And it's it's crazy that this all happened like long distance. And yeah. so what was your impression of the book that they had you read? I feel like it was more of like, I understood it, but I didn't know what the agenda was. Cause I was like, why are they having me read this, right? Read these books. And then I saw like the quadrants and stuff. And the thing is for me, I'm an academic person. And when I, when somebody tells me to read a book and almost like I'm going to have a quiz on it, I read it knowing like with the intention that I'm going to be quizzed on it. So I'm like heavily diving into this book, almost damn near like taking notes and stuff on it. And so I didn't really, I didn't really know what the expectation was, but I knew that I was going to be questioned about it. And when I was kind of questioned, like when I had the, the, the question as far as like, are you process oriented or results oriented? I was like, Boom, boom, trigger, trigger, just for those (laughs) trigger warning. Process oriented or results oriented. I don't even really know how to answer that question because I can 
go through a process if the result is worth it. But at the same time, I sometimes I do get lost in the process. And while I'm in the process, if it's not worth it for me, I'll say fuck the results. I don't care because I, I, I'm a very like here and now type person. So if I'm not enjoying this process right now, we're going to scrap it. So um, but then they start talking about like this delayed gratification boom another trigger so <laughs> so like we should play a game every time we say a trigger word take a shot <laughs> yes it's a drinking game at this point if you're sober find something else like it's fine. find something <laughs> else take a take a shot of water maybe a shot of espresso or something if it's uh, wherever you are if, it, if it's too early in the morning or something take a shot of espresso but yeah but it's uh it it was like really weird to kind of read these books, but at the same time, it was like, it was edifying. Like I, I learned, which might be another trigger word, honestly, edifying, because you're supposed to edify your yes. upline in a way. <laughs> They're the only ones I've ever heard use that word. So yes, yeah, and it I, I have heard it. I've heard it in a Christian setting as well. And so I wasn't surprised. It, it was kind of, it kind of coincided, I guess, with my beliefs already or something that I had heard. And so I feel like maybe being in that youth group that I was in kind of primed my thinking for this type of opportunity. I don't really know how, but I feel like a lot of things lined up. And I feel like the more I look into it or the more I talk about it, I could kind of see how things lined up and kind of prime me for it. So I, I, I don't know. That's just, that's just where my mindset is right now. But yeah, I didn't know exactly what I was going to get from those books. I just know I had to read them. And with it being long distance, it was a little bit harder for me because um, I guess there wasn't really any one in my area. There weren't like any rallies going on in my area or anything. So they actually ended up sending me to Tampa. Mind you, whoever's not familiar with the geography of Florida, Miami, Florida is about four hours away from Tampa. So I had to drive from Miami to Tampa to attend this meeting. And I didn't even really know what this meeting was about. It wasn't even like people who were going to be my upline. I don't even think my upline knew who these people were. I think they might've communicated with someone and their upline and they found like some type of group that was out on my side of the world. You know, like I, I have no idea how they communicated or how this group came about. So I was just told to go to my go to Tampa, Florida to attend this session. And I don't even remember them talking about Amway. I think they talked about the opportunity. And it was in the middle of a church. It was in a church. So I'm like, okay, I feel like safe. Um, they weren't like really dressed up to the nines, like how people are dressed up in the in the actual like board plans and stuff. They were kind of like in jeans and stuff. So it was like a little different. Um, it felt really awkward because I didn't really know anybody. I think maybe one or two people introduced themselves. And actually I left the meeting not really knowing anything. And I don't know why that wasn't a red flag, but it wasn't enough of a red flag for me to ignore. But I didn't know anything. Like, what the fuck? Right. I just traveled four hours and 
like I, I luckily I have an aunt who lives in Tampa and I was able to spend the night but then the next day I have to go back and I didn't learn anything I don't know what I was thinking like I was saying I was 22 23 my brain was not developed yet so I have an excuse <laughs> yeah oh yeah no for sure like the, and they're so good at it too. Like the reason why this organization is so successful is because they have adopted this, this way of manipulating people. You know, it's people who would otherwise question things will kind of turn that side of them off because of the love bombing, because of the, the buzzwords that they use, right? Like cash yeah. flow and the, the, uh, are you results oriented or are you mm -hmm. process oriented kind of things? And they make you really want it. If, if, if you're interested and you've been in the business, you know what it's like to, I have to earn an offer into this, this opportunity. And after you right. went to Tampa, like how long did it take for you to finally learn that it was Amway and then worldwide dream builders? Um, honestly, it took, it, I feel like it took a while. I feel like I didn't really know fully about Amway until I moved to Vegas. So for those who, who don't know, I actually picked up and moved my whole life to Vegas for this opportunity. I sold wow. my car. Yeah, I sold my car to my dad. Thanks, dad, for buying my car from me, even though he was the one who put half into it for me. He ended up buying it from me just so I could have money when I was in Vegas. And I moved there with two suitcases and I actually ended up living with my upline. So her and her husband and Lewis. So it's Lewis, Natasha and, and um, Peter. We were all in the same house living together. And mind you, I'm still having this situationship with Lewis. So it was like, it was messy from the beginning. And actually once I got to Vegas, Lewis and I ended up not working out, but we still all lived in the house together. So I'm living with my upline and the, they pretty much said like eventually once I started figuring out more information about like what Amway was and everything like that, like I'm pretty sure it was mentioned before I left, before I left Miami, but they told me to not do research. So I didn't do research. So I didn't really know exactly what I was getting myself into. And I think maybe I mentioned it to my mom at the time. And my mom, she was like, yeah, I was in Amway before. But I can't remember if that was like before I left or if that was after I left. But they've been oh, in wow. Amway before and they didn't have anything bad to say about it because they were in it at a different time. This was like in the 80s and it was for a short period of time. And so they didn't really have much an, much of an opinion on it. They were just like, well, you're in your 20s. You don't have any obligations. You want mentorship. You're going there for mentorship. We, we're glad that you're going with friends that you know, um, that you knew from youth group. So we trust that things would be okay, but we're still really scared for you because you don't have any family out there. So they were they were concerned and they were well within their rights to be concerned because your baby like literally I'm the baby of the family so I'm the youngest and I'm all I've always been known to be a free bird so like your youngest free bird is going out there living her life and searching for opportunities and mentorship all you can do is pray for the best and when you're 
when you're 22, 23 years old, you think you know everything, but you don't know anything. So <laughs> when you have your mind yeah. made up at that age, there's only so much that your parents can say uh, to be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. I think you face a lot less resistance if you support your kid going out there and doing that thing. And so it's like, okay, we don't want to, we want to support her. We want her to feel supported and we don't want to lose her at the same time. So I think they did their best with navigating that whole situation. But I, yeah. I had to figure it out on my own. And I eventually I did. I mean, it took me a couple of years, uh, but I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love how you say that, too, because um, my dad is very similar. So he'll hate what I'm doing. He'll he'll hate it, but he will make sure that I do it safely. Like, for example, yes. I was very similar. I know we had this conversation before where, you know, you liked traveling and it was like not like out of your comfort zone to just move across the country right. for an opportunity. And for me, it was road tripping all the time. My dad hated it, but he always made sure my oil was changed. My car was a safe thing. But he, he would definitely like um, lecture me about it. But he'd be like, as long as your car is safe, like, that's fine. I mean, we laugh about it now because I was, you're right, like, at 22, like, what the hell were we thinking? Right, but not it's true. thinking. And at, <laughs> right. And at that age, and and one thing that I've learned about Amway and, and all these lines of affiliation is that they are so predatory. They find very, very young individuals. Now, 21, 22 is maybe to other people, if you're 21, 22, you feel like you're old, you're ancient, like you got this. But like, let me tell you, in your 30s, you look back and you're like, damn, like you're a kid still. But right. you can like, sure, you can legally buy alcohol and you're kind of like in this quote real world, but you're like, you're still figuring things out. So they'll find people who are straight out of high school or even in Antonia's case, if y'all remember, she was in high school. She was like her entire senior year. She was in the business. She was 17 years old. So these people almost go out of their way to find younger people because in reality, they're easier to manipulate. It's easier yeah. to go up to some really motivated kid who's 21, maybe fresh out of college or still in college or not even sure about college, hating their job, and you have an opportunity for them to make millions of dollars? Hell yeah. Right. What 21-year-old's going to say no? Right. Like, and and it's so weird because they try to say, oh, well, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. But that's kind of how you dangle it in front of kids like that like I mean they're not kids but in a way like you're 20 year old kid and oh well damn now I feel old saying that all right <laughs> oh you're a 21 year old kid what do you know but like really that's how they they um pose it to you know people who are like in that vulnerable age like those are very pivotal years but they're very awkward years like between the age of 18 and I would say maybe like 24 25 is a really weird time because you go from 17 to 18 and now you're just like boom you're an adult overnight and then like if you go to college or if you don't go to college you're like figuring out yourself what path you want to go down in life and there's just so much that you don't know and so much that you're open to it's like you it's the perfect time to kind of choose what 
path you're going to go down. And they make you kind of choose a path. Like when you're in high school or when you're in college, they make you choose all these things that are like big life decisions for somebody's brain who isn't even developed yet. So yeah, it's a very vulnerable time during that in that age group and they prey on people like on vulnerable situations and I I don't I don't like it it's very icky I I don't like it and it made me squeamish even dropping the message or given the opportunity because like I don't go into conversations with an agenda and that's what it was all the time but yet they're telling me to develop these genuine relationships when this is not even a genuine conversation to start out with. Like I'm literally going up to people asking them or telling them, I like your shoes, even if I think they're ugly as hell. Like I'm going up to you say, oh, I like your shoes. I like your hair. Like I don't even want to talk to you right now, but I'm forcing myself to talk to you because like, because I have to be core trigger boom like if you don't know what core is (laughs) if you don't know what core is it's those five little steps or depending on whatever line of affiliation that you're in like you have to make sure you're dropping the message or spreading the opportunity and reading your book for at least 15 minutes and sending off a kate or uh listening to an audio like you have to do all your little five things a day and so yeah, it, it's it's a mess. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I found some notes actually recently on the the steps of core. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, I'll have to send it to you later. Is my upline uh, on the whiteboard at a training? Um, wrote out all the steps of core. You guys, it's wild. Core is the way that they keep you brainwashed, right? It's the yes. core stands for change or remain employed, and because you're at you're just over broke your job, right? Right. So <laughs> trigger, <laughs> but trigger. <laughs> this, it's the way that they keep you only focused on the business because, like we've talked about before, I think Jada was very clear when she's like talking about the fact that she was listening to audios instead of music. Or how, you know, we're giving up the rest, like the rest of our lives to make sure that we get core done. Because let me tell you, when you don't send up that Kate, even just one day and you quote wreck your core run, it's guilt. It's, it's nothing but shaming you. Like, oh, I see you didn't send me your Kate today. Like, are like, and they'll ask you, are you okay? But they'll do it in such a passive aggressive way that it, it feels so diminishing. So you do, mm-hmm. you do what you can until you get core done. Um, and when you're, so I want to go back really quick that you moving to Vegas and you're living in the same house as your upline and this guy, I can imagine at times it was pretty awkward. And so what awkward was, as hell. <laughs> well, I was going to say like when, like when you got to Vegas, what was your like first real impression of what would become your line of sponsorship once you started going to board plans and maybe ex- got accepted into partnership? Honestly, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. Like, I just knew that there were going to be, that there was going to be this couple that retired early and all this stuff. And I, I honestly, I didn't know. I was there for a good time. 
because uh, I was in my early 20s. So I'm trying to have a good time. I'm trying to figure out my life. And um, so really, I didn't know what to expect. But I know when I got there, uh, when I started living with my upline, there were just some experiences that were a little weird. So first, I guess the what I was told was that like when we start going to these meetings, there's a certain way that we have to dress. So make sure you have on skirt and heels or dress in heels or whatever. I mean, you could wear slacks or whatever, but they want you to like not wear jeans, a, a very professional business attire because you're supposed to be going into this business type meeting. And mind you, when I was in Miami, I had done like a couple Zoom um, meetings in on these meetings. So I would see, you know, um, the guy who talks really fast, I had saw him a couple of times. So that was my, that was my um, upline diamond. And I ended up seeing him on Zoom and I'm like, wow, he just seemed, he seemed like he had a bigger than life type personality. He had this air to him. Come to find out, like sitting there more and more, I'm like, oh, this air is actually arrogance. Like you're actually an arrogant person all right I see you and like personally like I don't know them or anything I just know what they give off and how I feel when I'm around them so he could very well be a nice person but really his air became an arrogance to me after a while and that was after two years in the somewhere in the span of two years that's where I started feeling that but um yeah I didn't really know what to expect I just know I started going and when I was going I needed to make sure that I dressed up for it and bring a paper and pen so I can take notes and I was actually kind of confused as to why I'm bringing a pen and paper to take notes because I literally thought it was going to be something different from what I had originally heard not really realizing that every single meeting after this was going to be the same damn information like, what am I bringing a notepad and pen, like pen and paper for if it's the same regurgitated information every meeting? I literally went into every meeting hoping and praying that it was going to be some new bit of information, thinking that there was going to be some type of aha moment where it just clicked for me. And the whole time, my conscience was trying to give me those aha moments, and I kept pushing my conscience down because I kept listening to what they were telling me so during these meetings like there was constantly like the things that they would say like oh this opportunity is for anybody and everybody like everybody can be diamond no not everybody can be diamond because if that means if everybody is diamond then who is going to be a buyer like how, who, who are you going to sell your product to? Well, we're not focused on selling. This is not a product driven type of opportunity. And so at least that's what they would say. But if this is not a product driven or a sales driven opportunity, how are you making money? How do these bonuses come to fruition? Like, I don't really understand how this works. And oh, like, nobody like pretty much saying like nine to fives are all shitty like shitting on everybody's job like last time I remember 
you needed to go to a doctor's office. Your kids yeah. need a physical. And those are jobs. Like, last time I remember, you walked in here with a Starbucks cup. Guess who working at Starbucks? A nine-to-fiver. So, like, how are you saying all these things about jobs when you send your kids to school? I mean, for them, for their family, I guess they homeschool their kids and they would go pick cherries and fruit in the middle of the day and whatever. And and I only say that because they like told this story of like, oh yeah, we go and we buy our fruit, we buy our fruit um in bulk at the beginning of summer. Like it was this glorious thing to do. So they go and pick fresh fruit off the farm. And I mean, it is a nice experience, but they made it seem like it was this thing that they were able to obtain because they were diamond, because they had more opportunity, they had more time, they had more resources. And that's what the opportunity, this opportunity afforded. And so they would go and pick cherries and stuff like that on in the middle of a Tuesday, they could wake up and go to the beach and all this stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, I want that for myself. But like, realistically, they're, who's running the farm? Maybe a nine to fiver. Yeah, who is checking yes. out this register? So like, shitting on all these jobs in education, like, your doctor had to go through so many years of, of med school, of, of education to to treat you. I'm sure you don't want to go to a street pharmacist down the street and get your medication. So like, don't say that this opportunity is for everybody and it's really not and make people feel less than when they don't accept this opportunity or say, you know, this isn't for me. Because a lot of times people would say, no, it's not for me. And then they would like, talk about them like like they were nothing because the opportunity right. was not for them and like I don't know they they try to pride themselves on being inclusive but they're not very inclusive when it comes to that they cherry pick so to speak when it comes to stuff like that and so yeah yeah I don't wow. know if I answered your question and that was pretty loaded. So I apologize. No, no, it's okay. I think, yeah, no, definitely it does. And, and I think it goes even deeper too about, you know, this, the, the way that they criticize other people, like the way that the crown guy is so, I fucking hate him. The way that he's like, <laughs> well, somebody has to work or fucking, um, I had one of her down line on here is a, uh, a couple who's from, I think the wife is from Saskatchewan, and the oh, husband yes. is, I, I believe, Chinese. She would always say, oh, well, somebody has to be working at the store I want to shop at. And I'm like, why was that necessary? Like, just because somebody doesn't want this opportunity does not mean that they are not successful. And that's what they really yes. put on us, was yes. that we were somehow this elite and everybody else around us was was suffering. But yet, yeah. if we really look back, we were suffering. We were <laughs> broke as hell. We had no consistency in our None. lives. At least everybody who was, you know, saying no to our opportunity, they had time for their kids. They had time to go do whatever the hell they wanted to do. They probably, maybe they might have been financially struggling. We don't know, of course. But I'm sure that they weren't giving all their money to Amway and to all these different lines of affiliation. Yeah. So are yeah. they really suffering? 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I never really looked at it from that perspective because I was so young. I didn't really know what type of perspective to have. But like that makes so much sense. Like I can't even word it the way that you just worded it because it's like hitting me like, oh, shoot. Like I really thought that the opportunity that I had was the greatest. And the way that I would treat my jobs or my supervisors when I was on the job, um, like all of these teaching really warped the way that I would treat the actual job opportunities that I had. Because I'll get on a job and I'll be like, well, fuck this. I'm about to retire in five years anyway. So like, who cares? But there were some things that actually helped me grow. And I don't know if it was the books. I don't know if it was the level of determination that I had um, to be better, to do better. Maybe I had that more of that competitive spirit at the time because I, I don't have a competitive bone in my body at all. Like I could care. I could play football. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just not competitive. Uh, acad academia was always my thing. And so like actually having that push to go a little bit further, those uh, golden nuggets to like remain consistent. It's a blessing and a curse, but uh, if it's a trigger, boom, boom, trigger, trigger, sorry. Because uh, <laughs> like when they talk about consistency, they want you to always show up. You show up no matter what. Like if you're sick, if you are hurting, it doesn't matter. You need to show up. So when it comes to a job, translate that into having a job. You're always going to be that dependable person, that reliable person that your supervisor can rely on. So you're always there. You make these commitments, you stick to them. And then they see that drive, like you have all of the qualities within you that they want to promote at your job. So like being in Worldwide actually helped me with that but it was to a point where it started to become unhealthy and not manageable because translate that into my personal life it's not all that helpful <laughs> it's right. not all that helpful and it could really break you down and like mess with your mental health like yeah it can be so bad because like me being consistent or my uh, well not being consistent now I doubt myself when I'm not consistent like I am so hard on myself because I'm supposed to be consistent that's the expectation and so I and I naturally have this perfectionist mindset so if I don't do it all the way like I am I get really depressed and so um or I can get super anxious. The pendulum can swing both ways for me, especially because also I have I have bipolar type two. So come to find out that's what I have now. So that is my diagnosis <laughs> and I am okay and free with uh, sharing that. So if anybody who ever has any questions for me, I am absolutely open to sharing with that. And I don't hear enough out there about it, about bipolar type two. I'm so used to hearing bipolar type one and um, a lot of people don't really understand the difference, but for bipolar type two, I have hypomanic phases, which is not the same as manic. Um, mine is more of 
depression phases, like probably long bouts of depression with um, some spouts of like hypomania. So hypomania is like right below, right below manic. It, it's, it's a little bit below manic and it's not as severe. It's actually more functional. Uh, so um, just like a sidebar for anybody who needed to know that. <laughs> but I'm like really hard. I'm really hard on myself. And I'm a big proponent for mental health. Like I've been in a mental health field for like 10 years. Obviously, I said my 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 degree was in psychology. And for a long time, I didn't use it. But then like I started growing in the field and then I did use it. So I've been using it for a while. But um, I'm not a, a license. I'm not licensed, so I can't give no medical advice or anything like that. <laughs> I can only right. give my perspective. Yeah. So, but consistency, like if my partner is not consistent or used to be, I don't want to say now, like used to be, if he wasn't consistent, I would be really hard on him. And even with the the fucking video games. I'm the same way. Oh my gosh. That's one thing that we totally connected on was how like you're you're speaking so much truth and like i i can totally relate because that's one thing that we were talking about was my partner also plays video games and then when he was um what i would have perceived to be inconsistent which i now through growth have seen no that's not inconsistency because what our perception of consistency was when we were in amway is not what actual consistency is it doesn't mean going to every single meeting regardless of how fucking tired you are it right. means that this person is there for you consistently which right. they were not, if we're being honest. No, but they were not. Idea that they put into our heads about video games or people who played. Oh my God. I like, I was probably, and I can own up to it, not the best significant other because he was playing video games. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's a waste of time. And he's like, so what you're telling me is you can watch three hours of the office, but I can't play three hours of video games. He's like, I work 16 hour days sometimes. What's the difference? I'm like, fuck, okay, you're not wrong, but. Yeah. It's hard. It it is. And I didn't even consider that. Like I did not consider that at all. So after I exited uh worldwide in twenty seventeen, between twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, my um my boyfriend, um, me and my boyfriend, uh, we reconnected. And there was a lot of adjusting that I had to do because it wasn't just we reconnected. We ended up moving in together shortly thereafter. And seeing the habits that he had was a very, uh, it was eye-opening. And it wasn't like in a bad way, but I judged him so hard. I, I was focusing so much on his habits. I didn't even think to consider my habits. But the playing playing of the video games was almost a deal breaker for me. And it and it measured the amount of respect that I was going to have for him. Because yes. in worldwide, yeah, they drive that into you, right? It's like it is so it's so toxic because in worldwide, like you said, like no matter how tired you are, you show up. And I was pushing myself and I still have an issue with pushing myself so hard without taking a break. I still think breaks are bad half of the time. And it's just my 
stinking thinking that I have to get through. I'm still a work in progress, even though it's like five years later, going on six years later, there are some things that I still have to decode from my brain. And I'm, I still have that perfectionist mindset that I struggle with sometimes. So it's even harder to get over. But the the way that they said that pretty much men were little boys if they played video games all day it was <laughs> it was so bad and the guy who talks really fast he would say like this weird oh my gosh it's so hard to get it out because it's like so funny at the same time because he literally thought he was having these like ooh these mic drop moments and everybody in the back of the room would go like Ooh, ooh, when he would like say something that was like this really cool analogy or this metaphor he would he would say something like oh you you're playing games but like what happens when you have to be called to duty for your family like a pun in a way like you get yes. it because he's saying like call of duty I don't even know games like that but of course I know what call of duty is and I'm yeah. like and everybody in the room goes like ooh ooh <laughs> Oh yeah, okay, I remember his his speaking. We saw him, of course, in 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 functions, and I don't know that I ever remember seeing him in rallies too much. But you know, he was always the one that everybody loved. They're like, oh, I love the guy who speaks really fast. Like he has just so much wisdom. Absolutely did. And I kind of want to go back actually to one of the points that you made. It's it's all relevant, I promise. But like. <laughs> the fact that they expect you to show up no matter what, regardless of the situation. One thing that you and I were just talking about is how there are many different life situations that come up that they criticize you about, whether it's a birthday party, a wedding, a funeral, so many different things that they're telling you. Mm, if there's a function that day, I you can't go, basically, which I think you yeah. said you had a story like that. I do. And it's so... It's so frustrating to think about it. And I know when we were talking about it, I like got triggered for a second and I was just like, wait, stop. Like I have to like go back on this because now I'm going through a similar situation that I was going through before when I was in Worldwide. And the way that they say that they hold family so high up, it's like, really, do you? Because they miss like... And worldwide, I miss so many family functions. Like I'm missing my actual family reunion because I'm going to your bougie ass, stupid ass, like family reunion at this damn Coliseum where I don't know anybody. Like I would rather be around my own family. <laughs> so like they, they, it's almost like they're saying, well, we're your new family now. Like, no, but yeah, they, they do not care about your family. I've missed graduations. I miss so much. And like now I have a I have my grandmother. Love my grandmother so much. She's she lives in North Carolina. She was recently diagnosed with um stage 4 lung cancer. Uh, so I can only imagine how it would be if I were back in worldwide because my grandmother who has cancer now her mother passed away. So my great grandmother passed away when I was in Worldwide. I did not go to her funeral. And I didn't go to her funeral because the mindset was, what are you going to go to the funeral for? To be around a bunch of sad people? 
like you you can't revive her like you like what is the point of going to the hospital or anything like that you're not a nurse what can you do for her like how can you help this situation you can help this situation by putting that money into your ditto or putting that money into your business and grow your business. So when you have your business, you can pay off those medical bills. You can pay for the funeral. You can put all that money back into your family. So this is like your retirement plan. This is your life insurance policy. This is the way that you, like, this is your way of life. So like, this is what it's supposed to be for the next five years or however long it takes to become diamond. But I missed out on graduations. I missed out on all these family gatherings. And now if I do miss a family gathering, I'm still really hard on myself. Like I missed my cousin's graduation, not because I was in worldwide, but like I had a I had a cruise plan the same week of her graduation and I felt bad I felt so bad because I couldn't go my cousin she's like oh I understand it's okay and I missed my my um my aunt's graduation party and she graduated with her master's and I think I was living in South Dakota at the time and it was we had just moved and we didn't have the finances. I was working at Starbucks. So like I couldn't afford a ticket to fly back out to the East Coast just for that weekend. And so, and I felt really bad about missing that. So just the experiences that I had when I was in worldwide, I'm still like getting through some of that and I'm like telling myself it will not happen again. Like I'm not gonna miss this funeral. I'm not gonna miss this time with my family like my grandmother has been there for me my whole life worldwide like my my great grandmother I literally we spent every summer in South Carolina but uh, in North Carolina growing up because my dad's half of the family is from there so every year I would see my great grandmother so this person who's been in my life for 20 something years, you're telling me to not go to her funeral and I've known you for a year and I don't even know you like that. You not my family, you not nobody to me and this is what you're telling me. And mind you, I'm still I'm still young. I'm not thinking about it that way. Now, hindsight being 2020, now I'm thinking about it that way. But like there are so many red flags that I should have that I feel like I should have seen but like as Judge Judy says, shoulda, coulda, woulda. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. You're full of baloney. <laughs> I love me some <laughs> Judge Judy. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really unfortunate, and and it's just they're so hypocritical on so many levels that it's crazy. You say you appreciate family and you want your why to be big enough and all this stuff and it's like in the process the way you're treating your family no none of your family is going to want to be there for you afterwards if you're isolating yourself and making yourself feel like that you're better than them like because they're not accepting of your opportunity or this this opportunity and mentorship like it literally breaks families apart so it's it's really it's really unfortunate 
Yeah. And that's, that's just one of, of, I mean, it's hard. That's one of the biggest things is that they preach family, but it's never your own family. Like your own family never comes first. And I think that's extremely, extremely challenging. And I wish I could say that was the, the only red flag. Unfortunately, it's not. And actually kind of going on the topic of red flags and, and you're in this business, when did you start to like, what were some of the first red flags that you really started to notice? And when did things kind of seem off for you that you started to really question, like, what am I in? Oh gosh, that is a, that's a good question. I felt like, I felt like I would experience that, like those, those aha moments during some of the night owls. I don't even know how far in I was into it, but I just remember sitting in those night owls. So like, those were the night owls, right? Like after, after the meetings, like at night, they would do like a meeting after the meeting. And so like during the night owls, when they would like break down, I guess during those times they were supposed to break down how the business worked or give you some behind the scenes stuff, stuff that they weren't saying to the people who are like brand new there because during the meeting you're supposed to bring a guest or whatever and then those people leave and then once those people leave then you have the night owl and then you're supposed to get all of this business building type information so um I think it was more during the night owls that I was that was starting to have these aha moments um but like I said my my conscience was always there. So I would say the first thing, let me, let me say this. So when I first moved to Vegas and I was staying with um, my friends where I don't want to say we're not, well, we're not really like friends anymore. I would say Peter, he's the only one that I'm still kind of friends with, but we don't, none of us talk or anything, but I guess the one that I'm on like really good terms with is, is Peter. Um, So and it's like so weird because they say all and I'll go back. Sorry, let me go back. They say all these things about family and marriages and keeping people together. Uh Natasha and Peter were married when I moved in. How about when I moved out? They got divorced. And so like I don't know what it is with this marriage, this uh worldwide making marriages stronger and better and stuff when half of this shit ends in divorce, I feel like. I don't know what the statistics are, but I know that relationship specifically, I don't know what they were telling themselves to fool themselves um, during the time that they were in, or maybe they actually believed it. And I feel awful that their marriage broke up, but it was just so weird and so ironic. I would say that's another red flag moment. It was just so weird and ironic for them to preach all these things about family um, and marriages, knowing that their family, that their marriage was going through it. Like, I don't know how they were able to drop the message together. And I'm looking at them in the middle of Smith's. If you're from the West Coast, I guess you know what Smith's is. I don't think we have that too much. I think we might have Kroger on the on the East Coast or something. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching you in the middle of Smith's drop this message saying how this 
opportunity has made your marriage so much better and like y'all in the middle of separating that is so hypocritical to me and that was like a huge red flag but I ignored it and mind you ignoring all these red flags have really done something either to my psyche or I don't know what it's done but it it's made me go through some type of identity crisis and made me not trust myself when it comes to making decisions because I feel like with worldwide I've made so many bad decisions and now I, I I would say I've gotten better now but it's taken me years to get here to trust myself in making decisions to to move or to get another job or to like even small things like I'm not trusting myself with financial decisions that I'm making um it's just it's just done something to me where I don't really trust myself because I've ignored so many red flags um but it 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 should where it should actually make me trust myself even more because I know I have a conscience and the whole time my conscience was trying to tell me the right thing but I ignored it the whole time so I don't trust myself to trust my trustworthy conscience (laughs) oh yes that's such a good point that I don't think we talk about that enough here where you're right. You're so right. Like I same, like I've definitely, I don't trust myself. Like I didn't trust, like, how could I, when I allowed myself to be in worldwide, despite what I was internally thinking, like it's insane to me. And they, they make you not trust yourself during that time. They try to make you not trust your family or anybody outside of them and their own resources, which is really disgusting because Mm -hmm. your family And I'm going to say this again. We talked about this in Ashley's episode where, you know, they're going to tell you because they care about you. They're trying to show you and they're trying to warn you because they care about you. But they're going to because they want the best for you. Right. But if they wanted the best for you and they don't see this as the best opportunity for you, they're going to be honest about it. Because if they did think it was, they'd be supportive. They'd be like, yeah, absolutely. I totally support Mm -hmm. this. You're going to be great. But they can see past the things that we can't see. And yeah. there's just so many blaring red yeah. flags when it there comes are. to worldwide. And I feel I and you know what? Like when you're just saying that, I was I just thought about my sister, about how gracious she was. And my mom too. Like my whole family, they were uh very patient with me, but I remember like trying to introduce the opportunity to my sister. And I know she wasn't feeling it. And <laughs> now I can look back at it and laugh but I know she wasn't feeling it but she was like but what am I reading this book for and what is this for and I know she was like she was only doing it because she wanted to know what I was getting myself into so I appreciate her for that and she has her ways about prying and getting information and stuff so she's like look if I can't beat them I'm gonna join them and I'm gonna figure out what's going on with you. So that was her way of figuring out like she was going through the process. And she, yeah, she went through a little part of the process and I think she might've read the book. She didn't really understand what was going on. And she she pretty much said like, this isn't for me, but I kind of support you. I kind of support you. She didn't really say that, but her actions said that. 
but I wanted her, I selfishly wanted her to support me 100%. And I remember there was something that she was doing and I was kind of annoyed with her or I don't know if I told her or if I told my mom, but I was just like, well, I'm not going to support her because she doesn't support me. She doesn't even want to buy my soap. <laughs> that expensive ass soap, this concentrated oh soap that's supposed to be blessed from the heavens above. Like, <laughs> I can't even get my stains out if I'm being honest. Like, no, it was not. Great. But yeah, it's the way that they train us to feel about people, especially family members who are unwilling to get in this opportunity. Oh my gosh. And then you're right. It is, it is on, I was, I was very much the same way. I wanted to try to get my brother involved and my brother would always just kind of like, yeah, sure. And then like, obviously never show up for it, which is okay. Like he, he is, he never was actually interested. He would just say that, you know, because he was supportive of me and what I needed to do. And, you know, my brother and I are cool, but selfishly same. I wanted him in. I was like, it got to the point too, where I was just desperate for a downline. I was so sick and tired (laughs) of my business going fucking nowhere and my upline criticizing me for it. And they're not going platinum because of me. Like we need to push them into diamond or uh, platinum qualification or whatever qualification they're going into. It's apparently my responsibility to do that, which is really crazy how this business works. And Mm -hmm. it's really sad. One thing that I remember saying that is so, I can't believe I said this, but I said, what, in what place do we get excited for our best friend to become the CEO? Because like um, Mm. the club owner and his wife were going diamond. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited for it. But it's like, they're not good people in my humble opinion. I don't (laughs) think that they have a good message to spread. They should never have gone diamond, let alone been allowed to be on a stage to speak. I mean, half these people shouldn't. Um, But back then, they're like royalty to us. And this is just a number, a number of the red flags that are there. So what was it that, what was the last straw for you where you're like, no, I got to get out of here? I think it was, I don't know. Wait, because I want to go back to something that you said. There was, like, as you just made your last point, I was just thinking about some of those people who were on stage and that was a huge red flag for me. Um, Like when we would go to the rallies and stuff, or we would go to these big, um, these, what what was it? The four gatherings a year or whatever, FED, family reunion. Yeah. The major functions, the dream night and stuff. So every time somebody would get up on stage, it was the same message over and over and over and over and I know they talk about duplication like constantly but I never got any business tools for success and I felt like that's always what I was looking for but I wasn't really getting the nuts and bolts as they say I guess they would have like those nuts and bolts meeting but what 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 the fuck like where are these nuts and bolts where's all of this like groundbreaking information it's like I would always get a little but it would never drive home in my mind because there was nothing that I was getting that I could apply to an actual business plan and it took me time to realize that but that was a huge red flag for me I'm not getting any any information to build a business, even though they'll say, oh, well, this is like e-commerce or something. It's better than a brick and mortar and all this stuff. But 
there's still no real results or anything. I never saw anybody's tax return. I never saw how this money goes in and out. I never saw any of this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so when do I get that? It's like I'm longing for it and never getting it. It's like a carrot being dangled in front of my face and like I can never get to it. So I'm just hoping and waiting for this big aha moment like, oh, I get it. And I never got it. But then I started like backing away and then I started getting it like, oh, y'all ain't shit. Like this is not a real opportunity. This is like, this is the pyramid that y'all saying that y'all not a pyramid. And that was a red flag too. You talking about a pyramid, talking about jobs or pyramids. What is this? And like, you're at the top of our pyramid right now, but they want to graph it in a different way talking about oh well you can grow above me but the money that's coming in from the bottom is going to the top how are they going to grow above you and realistically are they going to grow above you and when they keep saying yeah everybody can do everybody can do that this is Vegas Vegas baby it is small and Vegas is big and small at the same time Like everybody knows everybody, anybody who is from Vegas or they live in Vegas, like it's a valley. It's a, it's a cutthroat city. If you haven't heard it before, Vegas is so beautiful. I would definitely go back there, but um, it was just so much trauma that happened while I was there. So I don't know that that kind of like prevents me from moving there, but that's besides the point. What was a major red flag for me when I was there was that they kept saying that this opportunity was for everybody, but the market was so overly saturated. So there was literally nobody to drop the message to anymore because you go to freaking Ross and or like Ross or or whatever department store and you're talking to these people and they say, oh yeah, I was approached like three times already. Who are you supposed to tell? Now you have to move to a different city just so you can drop the message because the message has been dropped to everybody. It's like 5,000 people at this conference. How do you not think like you want us to drop the message every single day? Like there's only so many days before you're going to get to, you know, like until you've done told everybody in this freaking city. So you're dropping the message to all these people. You're supposed to get all these people in your downline. Like statistically, it's just not possible for all these people to get six legs up underneath them before you have gotten to the entire United States of America. So, right. <laughs> so it's crazy. Like, It's like, why are you telling these things to people? And as I'm sitting there in these nuts and bolts sessions and in in these night owls, I'm hearing this in my conscience, but I'm not believing it. I'm telling myself something completely different. I'm telling myself, I'm focused on the money. I'm going to retire. If I just apply this, if I just duplicate this, like if I just do this enough, this is definitely going to be me 100%. I'm going to be diamond in five years. And there's no doubt about it. I just have to apply myself enough. And they make it seem like, 
when they say these things, they put it all on you. So if you make it, it's on you. If you don't make it, it's on you. And I don't really like that. I don't like that the way that they drive it into you because it makes you feel like only if I did a little bit more, maybe I could be successful. Maybe if I did a little bit more, maybe I would have made my ditto or gotten to a pin level. But speaking of ditto, that was a red flag too. My, the, the Natasha and Peter, my upline, when I was living with them, they said that my rent would be my ditto. Oh my goodness. So, so, <laughs> so the money that I would put towards rent, I since I was a single, I had to do 150 PV which was, I think at the time, what, like $500 or $600? I don't even remember how much. But it was a lot of money for somebody making $10 an hour and working part-time. Like, where the fuck was this money going to come from? Like, literally, we need that money tree that my parents was talking about back in the 90s. Like, what do you think? We have a money tree in the backyard? You know? Right, <laughs> like, right, exactly. Like, that's That's how I felt. And I was like, I don't have that money. But I was like, well, if I was living somewhere, I would have to be paying rent. So I did put that money into the business. But at the time, I was not, I wasn't launched yet. I didn't have money to put into the business. I couldn't even afford my launch session. So mind you, during this time, I'm buying products, not from myself. I'm buying products from my upline not wow. even really realizing that that wasn't what was supposed to be happening because Natasha and Pete, Natasha and Peter, Peter is freaking telling me like when I would go to Smith's to buy some soap, oh no, you're not supposed to buy that soap. You're supposed to be buying from us. I went to go buy Gatorade. Do you know the guilt trip that they put me through? just because I went to go buy some Gatorade or if I'm buying a Red wow. Bull. Yeah, it was just like, it was so crazy to me. Like, they they would say this is anyway money. Red yep. flag, trigger, trigger. This is not anyway money. Like, I don't naturally spend. At the time, groceries were considerably cheaper. But like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Groceries were considerably cheaper, but I did not spend $600 anyway on like soap. I didn't like it is not comparable. Spending $20 on soap and spending $5 on soap, maybe if, if even because I would I would go to the Dollar Tree. If I'm struggling, I'm going to go to the Dollar Tree and buy that SOP5 or whatever they got in there. I'm going to go to the, the Dollar Tree and buy some soap, some shampoo, some conditioner. Yeah, my hair going to be dry, but I'm going to be surviving. But don't make me feel bad because I'm not pouring into your business. I'm just trying to make it right now. But right. I literally got guilt tripped because I, I came home. I came back to their house with Gatorade and they're like well we have excess energy drinks I bought a pack a three dollar pack of 24 water bottles some great value I, I didn't even have the money for pure life 
I got great value because it was three fifty instead of three ninety four. Right. So I'm getting great value twenty four pack for three dollars and change. And you mad because I'm not buying your perfect water for what how many would come in a pack? Twelve? I don't even remember. Oh, for the perfect water? Oh my gosh, not enough. I think it was twelve. Forty eight dollars? Yep. For a very small amount of water. Are you like kidding? it's hard to justify the the purchase of of the perfect water. Uh my upline would constantly talk about how great the perfect water is. So here's for perspective <laughs> for you guys. Uh so I looked it up. Perfect water now. This is before tax for everybody who lives in uh, a state that has tax. Shout out Oregon, who does not. Um, $51 for a 24-pack of 16-ounce water bottles. Bullshit. $24. $50. That's $2 a bottle. They want to try to tell you it's cheaper. You know what's cheaper? A Brita. A Brita that doesn't waste nearly as much plastic that's actually like filtering your damn water and you could buy a metal water bottle and it is so much cheaper but you don't but danny this is what you don't get this is like the most perfect water this is like reverse osmosis like you you just don't get it you you just have to be on that level in order i know i know i i i don't see this oh my is, god i don't get the message i don't see this is getting me rich i'm sorry 51 fucking dollars for water absolutely crazy it is so crazy yes and it's like I can't realistically who can afford that people can't I can't even making 50 something thousand dollars a year like especially in this economy like it was 50 dollars that's enough to fill up my gas tank and you want me to spend that on water you better put that filter in your fridge if you got one of those type of fridges or whatever like and it's not even worth the PV or the BV. Like, it's it's not, you don't get much from that. So, like, I'm buying all these vitamins and it's supposed to be anyway money. I don't even take fucking vitamins. Like, well, at the time, now I do. I have to take vitamins because I had surgery. So, like, I, I, I mean, now I have to take vitamins, but not nearly as much. Those things would make me sick. And there's oh my only... God, me too. Yeah, it, it would make me say it would make it would give me the shakes, but at the same time, I wasn't even properly nourished because I'm eating fucking tortilla chips and some bitter ass popcorn that doesn't even have butter on it, and these granola bars and access energy drinks and these uh what do you call the the pre workout? Um, I want to go back to the water really fast because of how interesting <laughs> this is. So. I still have my Amway account. It's not a business. Uh, it's not like in business or anything. I just had to log into it. So perfect water, the IBO cost is $49.50. Retail price is $51. It's only 13 PV. 13. And you yep. that's, that's like $50 for 13 PV. And they expect you to purchase 150 PV. That's a three to one ratio. At least it was then. I'm sure it's more now. $600 for 200 PV. 150 PV was easily $500. Like it is insane how much money that they are expecting you to put in this. And the return of investment is 
zero. It's like you get zero mm. return on your investment. And yeah, it, it's crazy. I just, it angers yeah. me, but I thought it was funny to look at. <laughs> no, that is so, that is so true. How much are the vitamins now? Because the vitamins were supposed to have the most, the most PV uh, of, of, of them all but they were like I don't even know if they were the most expensive they were still pretty expensive because I think for that vitamin pack it had to be like 60 75 dollars I think at the time oh yeah the perfect pack oh I just love oh so the perfect pack it is for IBOs $148.50 yeah $165 retail and it's 44 PV. So yeah, it is more of that PV. And that's what I would always buy if I was like in a month where I couldn't get by. Like I just, I, I had to buy vitamins because that's all I could afford to buy yeah. just to make my PV. You know how many packets are in there? Enough for a whole fucking month. $165. Well, there's one for AM and one for PM. It's the perfect pack. So you take one in the morning and then one at night and there's enough for one month's worth. So you get 60 right. packages. This $165. You're Crazy. Now they're pushing retail. So who's going to buy this is what I want to know. Who's out here buying Neutralite uh, Perfect yeah. Pack for $165? Oh, that's anyway money, right? So people should have it, right? That's of right. course, I'm being for <laughs> you're so sure you shot that's right i can't buy the the nature vitamins at the store anymore that are like twenty dollars now right. i'm switching to the perfect pack which has a fraction of the amount in them for 165 dollars. it just it makes sense because that's going to create entrepreneurship right and you're buying what? from yourself you're oh, buying yeah, from right. yourself and Your this store. is yeah and these vitamins have been specially hand-picked by the heavenly cherry booms like I don't even know if I said that word like they've been they've been picked by heavenly angels that have like sprinkled fairy dust on them and they will magically heal all of your ailments yep this this is this is so worth it Exactly. Like the way that they pushed all of these products, like I haven't looked at this stuff in a long time. So it's really interesting to kind of go back and see how much things were and how like it, there's no yeah. way that people are able to get 200 PV yeah. with less than with $600 anymore. There's no way. No inflation. Talking, Infl yeah, exactly. But also, I don't know if your line of sponsorship pitched this, but mine always said have enough for your upline. Have your, your upline's favorite excess. Have water for your upline. Serve on your upline. Have a servant heart. Oh, yeah. Oh. We were always have to have extra water. So we, we had, ex like, we were supposed to forego our own water to <laughs> give it to our upline. And we're supposed to have a perfect water unopened ready for them. I'm not going to lie. There were times where I just put tap water in the perfect bottle. I just taped it. Um, so sorry, Jenny, Craig, uh, John, and Barbara, that you may have gotten tap water at some point and thought it was perfect. My bad. Unless you're one of those oh people who can God. taste the difference. I can. But like, you were expected to have, like, who's who's able to maintain a 24 pack of water for one month? I don't know about everybody else. I live in Arizona. I try to drink at least half a gallon, half a gallon to a gallon of water a day. I try. I'm not perfect at it, but that's, more than 24 pack 
for a whole month. There's no fucking way. No, there's no way at all. Like Las Vegas was like 110 degrees on a good day. Who's gonna? I'm gonna survive off of one bottle of water a day. Well, not even a day. Like a uh, 75% of this bottle every day because you only get 24. It's not even a full 30. And so like, what? I don't. I don't get it. I have no idea. I don't even know why. Who thought this was a good idea? Like, how is this exactly. money going back into this? It, it, and it shows you this is only beneficial for the people at the top. This is not beneficial for people who are doing like everyday type things like day in and day out. Like they're there. I don't think there's any way to get ahead of anybody who is on the top, but they just make it seem like if you don't get there, it's because of you. You just didn't work hard enough. You didn't push enough. So, but yeah. going back to that uh, that pre-workout, it's just that these people are not very educated with this stuff, and they and it's not bad to be ignorant of it. It is just bad to be ignorant of it and then push it on someone else, like you know, like what's what about it, and you don't know anything about it. You're pushing these exactly. vitamins onto people what if they have some type of allergy to these vitamins or what if they have something going on like you're not a medical professional even with and i know that this is probably a stretch but like you have to consult with them as if they are medical professionals as if they are mental health professionals when you're yes. seeking upline and it's like what the fuck like did you did you talk to your upline about this yeah you did you seek mentorship? Like, did you, like, who are they? God? Like, I, I who, with these things, they're so careless. And I, and I get sometimes that the, that the intention is there, but really like, no, do us a favor and just don't like refer them to actual medical professionals. Don't push these vitamins onto people and like I'm probably just shitting on on all the products right now but some of the makeup was okay or some of the skincare stuff was okay but like I don't feel like they always had my color because I'm a black person if you couldn't tell by now I know like it's not always (laughs) it's not always in the way that people speak or anything like that but I'm I I am an African-American with some other mixtures in there but like I don't feel like they had my color and I'm not even on the like I'm not on the darkest end of the spectrum and so it's like is it all that inclusive I don't really know I know they're not trying they're not out here trying to be Fenty or anything but like it's not really like the colors were not pigmented for my skin tone but yet we're trying to push this on everybody so and the skincare, I don't I never really spent fifty to a hundred dollars in skincare. Now, today, if you were to take me to Sephora, now I might rack up a little bit of a bill. That's why I stay my ass out of that store. I I don't need to go. <laughs> I don't need to go to Sephora and I don't need to go to Mac because I know if I do, that's gonna be another situation. But uh, those are very different from artistry. 
artistry is not Mac and it is not Sephora, but they make it seem like, oh, these are, these have so many different botanicals. And it's like, what type of botanicals? Like, what is so special about this makeup? Like, they literally have a story for everything and they are sold out for it all. And it's like, okay, like, be real about it. Like, I'm sure like these other people who have all these cosmetic lines will tell you like, this is not for everybody. I mean, now people are becoming a little bit more inclusive, but like, I don't know. And that anyway, money is bullshit because I'm not spending $50 a month on makeup anyway, every month. Like I would much rather go to Walmart and get some NYX or NYX or whatever, or get some e.l.f for a dollar well now they're like five dollars now <laughs> right right I will wow. go and get that yeah so. I think you make a lot of fantastic points and just being in Amway is a nightmare and you're right it's not they don't it's not inclusive and they don't they don't make things for everybody. Their products aren't for everybody. And they're not trying to figure out ways to become more inclusive. They're not, they're just, they're just so predatory. And in my, this is all of course opinion, but it's just a horrible organization and, and company to support. Um, but I want to know like what, like what was it like leaving and what has life been like after you left? Oh, leaving. I think I left when my upline kicked me out. My upline kicked me out of the house. There was something that I guess I said because Peter was getting on my nerves one day and I had a few choice words with him. And naturally I am not like that, but um, it was just like a really weird situation that happened. And I think I think when I told him to shut the F up, <laughs> that was that was the end of that. But even so afterwards, like it, it's it's weird, even though that conflict happened between him and I, um, it it like we're still okay. Like if I were to pass him on the street, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? You know, like we're cool. It's more of me, Natasha, and Lewis, but even still to this day, I don't have any hard feelings for Lewis. I don't know. I guess maybe my maybe the bulk of it is with Natasha. I don't know. Maybe because I always felt something uh, with her and the way that she did Peter. I didn't like that because it might be a little bit too much info, but she was, when they were talking about this marriage stuff, like she was cheating on Peter. Like, what the fuck? Who does that? So I'm like, uh, okay, all right. And I don't know if it had anything to do with like mental health stuff or what, but her personality began to change. But anyway, after I had those few choice words with Peter and they were going through their separation at the time, after that interaction I had with him, it was like radio silence for a few days and I came home one day and there was a letter on my pillow um, telling me that I had pretty much less than 30 days to move. I think they only gave me like 20 days or something like that, which I think was illegal, honestly. Um, like 
like legally they have to give you 30 days because I was living with them I was receiving mail there like I was I had been there I think for like a year at that point so like legally I think they were supposed to give me 30 days but I was like you know what that's fine I'm like I knew that this day probably could have come so uh got I I rented a U-Haul truck actually that same week I went out and I looked for an apartment found one for $720 a month internet included actually no I bumped the internet off of the the leasing office because my apartment was so close to the leasing office so I didn't even have to pay for internet but water was included so I was like, okay, $720 a month. I pretty much put this into a ditto. I just need to forego the ditto to pay my rent. I need somewhere to live. Ain't nobody going to do it for me. So at that point, I figured I, I, I noticed I had to fend for myself and I had to be real. I had to be real with myself. I had to be real about the situation and understand that, you know, this is life at this point. And during that whole time, when I moved, nobody helped me at wow. all. Even moving moving my stuff from inside of their house to the U-Haul truck. And I only had a bedroom. I had a twin-size bed. And I had, like, this chair and a desk in there. Getting someone in the house to help me. And mind you, there was one other person living in the house at that time because they were, like, renting out the other bedroom having someone help me in the house was like pulling teeth only one person helped me with one thing I had to move everything myself and load it up into the U-Haul van luckily I was in shape because I guess that pre-workout was working I was going to the gym all the time so I was like oh okay I can I'm I'm young I'm strong I can do this myself these days I don't know if I fall the wrong way if I put on my underwear the wrong way my back is out <laughs> oh, so, I feel that. yeah <laughs> so back then I could I could do it but so I did it but nobody helped me not um, my upline or my uplines upline, like nobody helped me. I moved everything by myself. And I'm thinking like, maybe at some point somebody would call me. Nobody called me. And it was months later, I think from my uplines upline, their upline, I don't know if they were like becoming Emerald or something, or maybe not Emerald, but like eagle or something like that or they were on their way up I think that was like Christopher uh Christopher and um what's her name Brittany Christopher and Brittany one of them I think it, it was Brittany that had texted me like out of the blue one day I was like laying on my couch and she was like long time no see or something like that trying to catch up but it had been months at that point I don't even know how many months later, but it was a long time into it. I think by that time I had even, uh, I had moved from the original apartment into another apartment. So it had been months. Uh, so I noticed that nobody was going to come help me. So I had to fend for myself and it wasn't even like a formal goodbye. There was like no closure about the situation. It was only when I was about to leave Vegas, I think I had mail that was delivered to um, Natasha and Peter's house. 
and um, I was going over there to pick up the mail and I had to see Peter and Peter, me and Peter, we were kind of like, we kind of squashed it. Like we didn't have any hard feelings. And I kind of felt bad for him because I knew how much he loved Natasha and he was pretty much losing her at that point because yeah. she no longer wanted to be with him. Um, so in he, if anything, he was in love with her like a hundred percent, but she didn't know if she wanted to be with him and she just chose not to. I mean, relationships are tricky. Marriages are tricky. So I, I mean, their marriage is their marriage, but like, I just felt, I just felt bad for him. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to feel bad for you because you didn't feel bad for me when I was moving my shit up out of here. So why would I feel yeah. bad for you? But I, I mean, I'm human. I have a heart. So like, I, <laughs> I felt kind of bad for him. We squash whatever. That's why I say till today, if I were to see him, I'll probably be like, hey, how you doing? But we're, we haven't really spoken since then but I know he was heartbroken about the whole thing and he was actually still under the mindset of even though they were like in the middle of separation or divorce or whatever he was still under the mindset that he had to be there for his team like the right. people who and that that's a part of that commitment and so he was like I'm supposed to be committed I don't want these people to think that I wasn't serious about this because I was like a hundred percent serious. Like I, I, I love my people. I love my team, but he always had dreams of being in fashion. So he was like, I don't even know what to do at this point. Like, do I pursue my dream of going into fashion? Cause he had a, he had a, a friend that was in I think he was going into the fashion industry and he was coming up with these designs and stuff and they had been going back and forth. And I'm like, go for it, do it. But in worldwide, they tell you not to and you keep yeah. pushing it down because it's not a true opportunity. Like it's not the real deal, but that could have actually been the real deal for him. And it feels right. like a cliffhanger for me because I don't know where he is in life right now. I hope that he pursued the field of the fashion industry because when I tell you this man could dress, he he looked good. Not saying like I had eyes for him or anything, but the way that he would dress, like he would dress better than those guys who you know the culty thing he did kind of assimilate to the to the cult culture of uh the 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 suits the tight suits and the the shoes that everybody having the same haircut and mind you he's a black guy and he had the the white boy haircut that's what they would call it the white boy so <laughs> I don't know if everybody calls it that, but I don't know. What do you call it? I called it the Amway haircut. Like every really? <laughs> dude had the haircut. Yeah, that was the way that they needed to look almost. You had to be almost identical to your upline, which they look like robots. All, you can tell a worldwide dream builder guy from like a mile from away. From a mile away. <laughs> you see that hairstyle and you're like, no, I know that guy. He's glazed yep. up is what they say. I just learned yep. that term recently that they like, we're talking like uh, my favorite podcast was just talking about like how people who are in different uh, religious spaces. So like uh, LDS churches and, and any other sort of 
religious organization, people look a little glazed up. And I was like, oh my gosh, Worldwide mm. Dream Builders are glazed up. And so yep. you can just, you can see it. And yeah. it's wild. But I'm so happy here that you don't have a lot of animosity towards these these people. Like you have your feelings. Right. Um, but I just love how diplomatic you are about this because I'm over here like, fuck my upline. So I have so <laughs> much respect for you and the way that you've come on here and just spoke so openly. And I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your time and your willingness to come here and speak so openly about your experience. So what is life like now for you? And uh, what is your biggest goal when it comes to spreading the message about Amway and worldwide? So what is life like now? Life is a lot more chill, I guess. If I were to say life is a lot more lack and it's taken me so long to get here. I didn't know what it meant to relax. Like now I binge watch stuff and sometimes I still struggle with feeling guilty for binge watching for even watching TV. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. I think at this point in my life within the last year or two, I've become okay with not always making everything into a business, not making everything monetary, like actually having a hobby that like I don't really have to have some financial benefit or like things like that. Like I, I know I kind of I kind of know how to rest now. I didn't really know how to rest before. I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I didn't know how that could affect my blood pressure and my mental health um, by not resting. I've become okay with not having that hustle culture mentality of um, waking up at 4 or 5 a.m. and going to sleep at like 11 p.m., like being the first one in and the last one out and stuff like that. Like, I don't I don't need that to be successful. And it really it's unrealistic because if you don't get sleep, that shortens your lifespan. So like catch 22 for that, like you're pretty much shooting your foot off if you are living by that type of mentality, because like you're shortening your uh, freedom, your life of freedom, trigger, boom, right. like you're, wow. you're shortening your freedom. So like, it's just not feasible. Like your, your body is not set up that way to, to be able to do that. It's not, it's not, um, it's not realistic. Your body can't handle it. It's not sustainable. That's the word I'm looking for. It is not sustainable. They teach you a right. lot of habits that are not sustainable. So they make it seem like it is, but it's not. So I'm just now starting to figure out what sustainable is for me. I'm starting to figure yes. out what um, success, which I don't really know what success means. I feel like people throw that word around a lot and to me it doesn't really have much weight anymore like life is life success yeah. I don't even know what that means as long as you treat people kind and you're there for people I guess that's success like I don't even know if we're put on this planet to be successful like who came up with this definition who are they like who what is this I don't know if you're familiar with that song um, by Jim uh, if you've ever heard it, it's a very old song, but it's called They by Jim. It, if you haven't heard it, if you've ever watched Degrassi or Noggin for all the Canadians out there um, who who used to watch Degrassi or Noggin back in the day, there are these little um, music videos in between. And I know 
all the music videos like by heart that they used to play back in the early 2000s. So um, Jim was one of the songs that used to come on. And she's pretty much saying like, who are they? Where are they? Who comes up with all these rules? Who came up with the definition of success? And why, who made it seem like this was okay? I guess it's the American dream type thing. I have no idea. This is what they push. So I am just now, this is what life is looking for me, looking like for me right now. I am learning how to be okay and accepting life as it is. That's where I'm at. (laughs) No, I love it. And what is your goal when it comes to spreading awareness about Amway? Girl, I don't know. I am, (laughs) I'm trying to figure it out. Sometimes just talking about it is therapeutic. If somebody can take something from my story or anybody's story, like that would be awesome. If it touches someone's heart in some type of way, that would be good. If not, like, that's okay too, because at least I said something and I feel okay. I'm just surprised that I'm just, I'm just happy that there's a platform to just share stories. I'm all about sharing. So like, I like to hear different perspectives. I like to hear like other people who have gone through similar situations and how it's affected them and how they've moved on in life. Every time I hear a story, something hits me in a different way I think I was just listening to hope hope's story the other day because they were they they did a few different episodes with you right yeah yes hope and Fisher are regulars here uh, hope has been on quite a few times um and then her husband Fisher has also come on so yeah yeah oh my gosh I love listening to them they they say a lot of good so I love listening to all the stories but I I remember listening to something I think it was like yesterday or the day before when she said something about an identity crisis I was like, yes. I said, mm. When I was in the car, I was like, mm. Because <laughs> I'm like, right. I, I feel that. I went through such an identity crisis. And, and there was some other trauma that I had after exiting Amway, like with an abusive ex that I had, which also cause some of the identity crisis like I literally felt like coming out of Amway I didn't know who I was because my identity was so much in Amway so unlearning that decoding those things learning new habits forming a new identity uh, like really figuring out what I I like instead of what somebody is telling you is very, um, it's like a shock to the system and trying to navigate that is very hard. So um, when you hear other people's stories and you can identify, it just creates like, it creates a space where you can feel like you can breathe again because somebody else has been through it too. Yeah, that that really resonated with me when she was talking about an identity crisis and really trying to figure out who she was after because that that's something that I think I struggled with for a while and I had to go through intense therapy after I left Vegas and like just trying to figure out those stepping stones in life, like figure out my way out of that after that through all of that has been very hard. It's been eye-opening and it's been enlightening. So, so yeah, I have a lot of faith for the future. Well, thank you so much for all of your time, for you coming here and being vulnerable and talking to everybody and sharing your story. We can all learn from each other and I'm so grateful for it. So thank you again, Rebecca, so, so much. If you guys want to be like Rebecca and you guys want to come on and share your story, please, uh, I've actually changed it. So please email me at 
Danny, D-A-N-I, at xsandtpodcast.com. Uh, you're still welcome to DM me on Instagram if that's the best option for you, at xsandt.podcast. You guys can find me everywhere podcasts are heard, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>